This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. You might think the economics of buying and selling only applies to financial purchases, but an expert says these rules also impact your chances of finding a job or getting into a good college. We'll bring you this story. Lots of markets don't work that way at all. They don't allow you to just choose what you want, even if you can afford it, because you also have to be chosen. So job markets are like that, and the same way with college admissions. Then, a top doctor says you can drastically cut your risk of heart attack or stroke just by making the right decisions. We'll have the interview. Start taking lifestyle seriously, because you can reverse that problem. But first, got to know about it so you can really focus and get motivated. Those two stories and more are straight ahead on this week's Info Track. Stay with us. The show begins right after this. Info Track, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Our next guest is a Nobel Prize winning economist and an expert in markets. And you might not realize it, but markets factor into all sorts of things, from who you marry to where you park the car. We welcome Alvin E. Roth to InfoTrack. Your new book is Who Gets What and Why? And in your book, you point out many markets that are hidden in plain view all around us. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I take a much more broad view of what a market is than many people do. Often when we think of markets, we think of commodity markets like the stock exchange. And in a commodity market, price does all the work. The job of the stock exchange is to find the price at which supply will equal demand at each moment during the day for all the stocks. So if you want to buy shares of AT&T on the New York Stock Exchange, you don't have to care who you're dealing with. You just care about the price. But lots of markets don't work that way at all. They don't allow you to just choose what you want, even if you can afford it, because you also have to be chosen. So job markets are like that. You can't just choose to work for Google. You have to be hired. And Google can't just choose who will work for them. They have to compete with Facebook and other employers. And the same way with college admissions, say. I teach at Stanford University. We don't fill our freshman class by raising tuition until just enough high school graduates want to come study here. It's expensive to come to Stanford, but it's cheap enough that lots of people would like to do it. And we have an admissions office, and there's a whole process of applying for colleges. It's a matching market. You can't just come to Stanford. You have to be admitted. And, of course, Stanford can't choose who comes. We have to compete with other universities. So once you start thinking of all the markets where prices don't do all the work, there are a lot of markets out there, and they're really important for our lives, for where we go to school, for where we work, maybe for who we marry. Yeah, I would think how you navigate those markets is going to determine pretty much where you end up in life. Now, you talk about there being three main qualities to a successful marketplace. A marketplace has to help the market be thick. It has to be an attractive place for people to come and transact so that there'll be a lot of potential transactions so that people can find what they want. So a labor market has to have lots of workers and lots of firms. A dating site has to have lots of men and lots of women. Once you've got a thick market, you sometimes have congestion. There are too many opportunities to carefully consider. You need some way to work efficiently through it. When you go to Amazon to buy something, Amazon sells lots and lots of things. So the first thing that meets you when you go to Amazon is their search engine. You can search for what you want. It helps you deal with the many things you could possibly buy and find the ones you want to buy. 
And lots of markets have to deal with congestion in very different ways. But if they don't deal with congestion, we probably don't know about them and they haven't succeeded. And then marketplaces have to make markets safe and simple to transact in. You have to be confident that the market is a good place to do your business and you have to feel safe enough that you can reveal the kind of information that you need to make a good match, that that information won't be used to take advantage of you. And those can be complicated things like revealing your preferences for schools in a school choice system or simple things like typing in your credit card number on an internet site and being confident that no one will steal it and steal your identity. We're talking on InfoTrack with Alvin E. Roth, who is winner of the Nobel Prize in Economics and a professor of economics at Stanford University and author of Who Gets What and Why. Now, is it possible, Professor, for someone to maybe reverse engineer a market knowing what you just talked about, the thickness, absence of congestion, safety and reliability, so they could reverse engineer a market to make it work better? Well, I don't know that it's reverse engineering. What market designers try to do is design markets, is engineer markets so that they work better. Sometimes we run into markets that are suffering from market failures. They're not thick or they're not dealing with congestion or they're not safe in some way. And then we try to fix them. That's the business of market design, which I should mention is an ancient human activity. People have been designing markets since before the invention of agriculture. But only recently have economists known enough about what's going on so that we can help. If I'm a consumer and I want to improve my odds of getting what I want at the right price, what can I do? Well, as you say, there are many things you can do, and it depends on the market you're in. Some markets suffer from some level of congestion, and often in those markets you have to send some signals. So an example I like to give is applying to colleges. That's a matching market. You can't just choose what you want. You also have to be chosen. But because it's now pretty easy for students to make many applications to college because you can make applications on the Internet and use many of the same materials for multiple applications. The fact that you're applying to a college no longer is a strong signal of your interest in that college. Back in the day when you had to handwrite your essays, it was costly to submit an extra application, and so colleges that got your application understood that you might be particularly interested in them. But today that's less true. And because colleges get many more applications than they can admit, they have to admit a little selectively. They have to think, most colleges have to think not just how much do they like you, but how interested are you in them? Is it likely that if they spend time recruiting you instead of someone else, that you'll actually matriculate, that you'll actually come? So people have to send two kinds of signals in a congested market. One is, look at me. I'm a desirable match. I have high high school grades. I would be a good college student. That's sort of like a peacock's tail. It says, <laughs> look at me. I'm a healthy peacock. You should be interested in me. But the second kind of signal is more subtle. It says, not only should you be interested in me, I'm interested in you. And therefore, spending time recruiting me has a good chance of success and is therefore worth doing. I would think that the advent of software and the Internet has really made a lot of markets work much better. I think that's true. It's made many markets work better. It's made some markets maybe work a little worse. But it has certainly put marketplaces in our pockets. It's made markets much more ubiquitous. If you want to go to a conventional market, you have to go to where it is and you have to go when it's open. But with your smartphone in your pocket, the market is wherever you are. And it's pretty much open whenever you're interested. You can buy on Amazon at any time of day. 
your listing on LinkedIn is helping you find a job, you know, constantly. So, yes, I think putting markets on the Internet and on mobile apps has definitely changed them. In terms of the average consumer who perhaps wants to just improve their life and be more happy and successful, what kind of tips could you give, if any, from your book? Pay attention to the details of the market that you're dealing with. For instance, let's go back to college admissions. That's a congested market. There are lots of applications. There are lots of colleges. In a congested market, what it means to be a congested market is the participants have trouble giving careful consideration to all the possible transactions they could make. So colleges have trouble giving careful consideration to all their applicants. And so they look for signals. They look for signals not just that you would be a good student, but that you're interested in them. So if you know a high school senior who's going to visit some college campuses, you should tell him to be very sure that when he visits, he should sign the guest book in the admissions office because they care about that. They care who came to visit. That's a signal that you're interested in them. And that plays a big role in the admissions decisions of many colleges. Similarly, there are markets where decisions have to be made very quickly. One reason... They might have to be made very quickly, is that, say, people who offer jobs worry that if you take a long time thinking about whether you want their job or not, and then you say no in the end, during that time, the people they want to make offers to, in case you turn them down, may already have taken other jobs. So it might be that in such a market, you'll have to make your decision very quickly, and so you should do some preparation beforehand. That's what we see right now in the market for law graduates, for instance, who want to be clerks for appellate judges. That's one of the fancy jobs that a graduate of law school can have. But they get exploding offers. They have to decide immediately when the offer is made whether they'll take it without being able to wait and find out what other offers might be forthcoming. And if you can't answer immediately, the offer is often withdrawn. So if you know that, if you're in that market and you know that, then you have to do your homework and be ready to say yes if if the offer comes without hesitating. So I think that's part of the story is that you should keep your eyes open, see how the markets you're engaged in are working, and understand what you have to do to transact them. The book is Who Gets What and Why. The author is Alvin E. Roth, the winner of the Nobel Prize in Economics and a professor at Stanford. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Next, want to slash your risk of heart attack or stroke? A medical doctor has the answers. Coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.